And then I fall down the stairs because <laughs> I stopped to wave at the doorbell. And that threw off my whole walking game. <laughs> Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're going to talk about the Apple TV Plus original show, Mythic Quest. It's hilarious, it's irreverent, and we are going to spoil it. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hi, welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Ha-ha! And Molly Glover. As me! Shh, shh, shh. Sword noise. Sword noise. <laughs> and this week, uh, we are going to talk about an Apple TV original show called Mythic Quest, and we are going to spoil it. Spoil yeah. the shit so, of it. And it's got spoilable stuff. It, it really, does. It does have spoilable stuff. The second season just wrapped up. Um... Honestly, like, I know a lot of people aren't watching Apple TV Plus stuff. Uh, I would say that I think between the three of us, uh, every show we've seen has been really fucking amazing. It's worth uh, buying it for a month and then just plowing through as much as you can. For for real. Like, like consider just getting a trial. If you buy a new iPhone, you get it. If that's not your your, your bag, then sign up for a, a test month and then cancel after you watch the shows um, because you're, you're missing out. So... Uh, all right, here we go. So Mythic Quest. Mm-hmm. So before we start, yeah. can, we, can we do some backstory on this one? On, on Mythic Quest? Um, just do some backstory about why we wanted to talk about this oh, show sure. at all. I think we need to get some backstory Because we have here. talked about it before. Yeah. We've uh, talked about it, yeah. You so, and I brought it up a couple times. So I, I watched an episode or two, I think it was more like three mm-hmm. on a whim, because I, re- I knew uh, Ashley Birch was on it. Yeah. And I, I really, I'm a big From fan. From Hey of, Ash, What You Playing. Yeah, Hey Ash, What You Playing. She voices Tiny Tina in the Borderlands games. Um, she's done a bunch of voice acting work. And so I was like, Hey Molly, you gotta watch this show. You gotta watch the show. You really gotta like, at least watch like up to this episode, watch this show. And so like, I think you gave it a shot. The fact that it was named the first, the first season was called mythic quest Ravens banquet. And it just sounded, I didn't know what you said. It was like, Oh, it's always sunny, but with game devs, which at the time I was like, eh, right. But, and cause I think that that's that while I could see that being a surface description of the first couple episodes, it definitely yeah, changed. I would, I would never describe it as that now. Yeah. And so, so we watched it. So then we watched it and we're like, Tim, you gotta, yeah. Yeah. And then Smith, you, you gotta watch the quest. It. Yes. And then we, and we made Nate watch it. Yeah. He was living with us. And he's not here. He's, he's not. not here. No, it's just us. He's you alive. Know? He's just he's not still, here. Yeah, he's okay. uh, and so, and so, we wanted to do an episode on it, and and we almost did an episode on it, and then we're like, well, wait, second season. I just I, the, the 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 joke that went totally over your head when the old guy on this podcast said he wanted to do backstory. Ah, oh, I don't I'm think just if like, he was that old. I think that's the problem. I didn't I didn't get yes. that there was a C.W. Longbottom. So, uh, yes. F. Murray Abraham plays C.W. Longbottom, who uh, uh, wants to know the backstory. It did go totally over my head. It did. Uh, totally. Wow, neither one of them That's no. hilarious. Uh, yes, he always wants to talk about, he needs the backstory for every everything yeah. that happens. For example, like when Poppy wants to, to uh, uh, make a shovel in that very first episode, he wants to do the backstory, to the backstory of the shovel. Of the shovel. Of the like, shovel. why did it come to who? who? Who 
Whose was the what shovel first? Dwarven like, Forge Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, it's Mythic Quest. If you're still listening and you haven't seen it or you don't care about spoilers and stuff, is basically a workplace comedy about a game development studio. And that's it. And I will say, it uh, because I saw this, I did not wade into this argument, but I saw some people having an argument on one of my friend's Facebook pages about how, well, it doesn't even get into like what it's like to be a game dev. It doesn't. It's not about coders. It's not about the, on the, the boots on the ground developers. It's about the people in charge of the game. It's, right. it's, it's, the, it's the execs, the lead designers, the, the lead programmers. No one, no one wants... kind of like complaining that the IT crowd doesn't spend a lot of time on IT support. Right. right. It's, yeah. it's really like a show about just people coding would, would could be pretty fucking boring. Go watch Code Monkeys. Yeah. But like, uh. to be honest, this person even said something like, uh, uh, there would be a lot more like homophobic jokes and like, you know, like gross drawings and like pranks. And it's like, what? yeah, I wonder why they didn't put any of the worst parts of being a game dev into this show. Yeah. Yeah. They did point out that whatever you create in a game, somebody's going to figure out how to use it to make a dick. Yes. Yes, so. yes exactly. And, and that Nazis will show up and ruin everything. Yeah. And they talked about when, when, when they are showing, oh, so I think one of my favorite episodes is when they're showing the group of girls around the girls who are being empowered to learn how to code and they are going to do that. And Poppy isn't and, even there. And Poppy's not even there so they have to show them around and they go down to the basement and they go down and uh, uh, the comedian whose name I can never remember. The, uh, the, the community support woman? The, yes, uh, the community support. No, no, the uh, the other woman, the one who's the actual programmer. Uh, she's she's uh, down there and she's oh, yeah. and they're like, they're like, well, what is it like to work as a woman in games? And she's like, oh, Okay, and she just launches on this like so every day is a soul crushing nightmare yeah. of like you being ignored by your male colleagues who will be promoted over you no matter how much they fail. Like you have to be twice as good and work twice as hard to get half the reward. And all these girls are like, ah. and your just... female colleagues will be working to sabotage yep. you as well yep. because yeah. there's only room for so many of you to succeed. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was really, um, really great. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's a uh, there's the, the Aparna Nancherla. Uh, she plays Michelle. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. the the you know the guy whose vision is the game, uh, Rob McElhenney, who's one of the Ian. the Ian. Oh Yes, one of the the creators of the show. Right. There's um, a couple of game testers, the lead programmer, the writer, the executive producer. Uh, the head uh, of monetization. Yeah, uh, and uh, the money guy yeah. uh, and like an assistant are mm-hmm. kind of the main cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, of course, the the testers would be in the same office as the as sure, the uh, director of the game, and there are right. only two of them, right? For this gigantic worldwide massive. Yeah, multiplayer yeah. online role playing game. There are two testers. It's the the game is essentially World of Warcraft. Yeah, 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 it's it's World of Warcraft, and the, the, with the the because uh, the, they discuss things like what if we gave the players the ability to change the game in real time? You know, what yeah. if we? You know, they're talking. It's it feels like they're going over a lot of mods that MMORPGs have had, right? That 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 we or, we have seen recently. or technological mi- milestones for yeah. them or stuff like yes. that. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, so let's do. Do any of you have a particularly favorite 
character that, that you like stands out to uh, you because they're all yes. really great yeah poppy's my favorite okay especially after season two i love poppy empowered poppy uh, empowered poppy is so because at the beginning it feels like poppy is is set up as like oh she's just a foil to iron she's just the annoying one who's probably right but no one's gonna listen to her sure. she's being set up as the woman no one listens to and she's just gonna get drowned out and that's the comedy she's the d right right and like like in her like in uh uh it's always sunny in philadelphia which you know, sure, that's funny, but it can get tiresome when there's a the, like the main female character is just getting shot down all the time, right. and that stops pretty quick. And and Poppy becomes more strident and empowered, and also she is bitterly sarcastic, really funny, uh, and she's actually as bad of a person as Ian. You've like yes. really like in terms of like kind of sociopathic in the way that you kind of have to be to be that focused on your career and that like like not caring about what other people think single minded yes. in, in a way that is to everyone else's detriment they are more alike than you think from the beginning yes. like as you learn as you see them like kind of grow together and it's not that they become more like each other I really think Poppy feels more emboldened to be her inner iron is what happens to bring out her to inner bring it iron. out yeah but she I, I, I think she's I think she's amazing uh i have long loved uh uh charlotte nick dow uh i think she's really funny and so i want to see more of her but i can't i i can't wait for next season with poppy for yeah. real for real tim i think it's the hr manager oh uh sue gorgon <laughs> she is she is so great she doesn't show up very much I think but she's her. got this she she's she can be friendly for about five minutes and then she's like, oh, fuck it. Nobody's listening to oh, me Oh, anyway. no, the HR lady. I'm thinking of the community relations lady. Yeah, I, I love the community relations lady, The HR lady. lady too. The HR lady. Yeah, I'm going to look her up. She's one like, uh, just uh, like always reminding everyone that she is not their therapist. This is not my job. This yeah. is actually I, not yeah. an appropriate thing to talk yeah. about at work. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. You know, and especially, especially especially in the last couple episodes of the second like the season. The episode when she's like, okay, we're all going to, all, all you need to do is sign these and you can leave. It's like an NDA or something. Yeah. You just sign. No, just it was just it was about the what animal they were, and they yeah. just had to sign it. It's the, like it doesn't matter. Just sign that you got your results. Sign you got your results, and you can leave. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. episode was amazing. I uh, his maybe it is yeah. there. I really am a big fan of of a, a, a lot of the characters. Like a, a couple Naomi of Naomi Ekparrigan. There you but, go. Um, but I think uh, Joe, the assistant. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Uh, who is like in the beginning? It's like, is she just like some sort of Christian sociopath? Like it, they make her seem like she might be kind of like a religious conservative, like like really fire and brimstone for a second or two. But then you find out no, she's just kind of fucking like medieval when it yeah. comes to like. Oh, she is a like like punishing people. Jesse or, Ennis is her name. She or, is she can out sociopath Ian and Poppy and mm-hmm. uh, and um, Brad for and that Brad, matter. Yeah. yeah, in a couple of moments, but <sighs> and and it, yeah, that's and in the second season, she really gets a, a chance to shine. I would say even in the like the um the pandemic, the end of the first season and the beginning of the second season, they really kind of um figured out a way to use mm-hmm. her a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, as a character. And she's great. And she she makes every scene a little bit more interesting. Much like Ted Lasso, uh, the characters in this show all develop. 
Yes. And that is something that I, I really love. I love when uh, an ensemble cast comedy lets those characters become something more than what they were at the start. I think yeah. that's true. And it's, it didn't happen a lot in American television uh, for a I long mean, time. It still so hasn't happened in the There are a lot Simpsons, of shows. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, right? But it's it's super it's super great. And, and uh, just as an aside, the idea of F. Murray Abraham, ostensibly the biggest name in this cast in terms of who's been around the longest, done the most work, right? Like, yeah. is playing a guy who used to be a big deal and was a big name and was ostensibly the biggest name among the, you know, and now is being brought into a new, you know, era of whatever. It's just a very, very good correlations I, there. I think, uh, so both seasons, I think it's the fifth episode of both seasons, they have a kind of a standout episode or an mm. episode that is um, a flashback episode. Mm-hmm. In the first season, we have Dark Quiet Death. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second season, we have the CW Longbottom flashback. Ba- backstory it's is the name backstory. of that episode, yep. which is yep. ever appropriate because he is uh, CW Longbottom. The writer, the F. F. Murray Abraham character, is a um, like '60s, '70s pulp sci-fi, like Robert Heinlein esque guy who writes a lot of really trashy sci-fi with a lot of lurid alien sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think and, that's, yeah, you get the idea that that's and, going on. And very, and very like, ornate, thorny prose that's yes. not easy to read that maybe is almost uncomfortable to read because yeah. of its badness. Like, like the worst kind of DM. Like, like I read, I once read a book that I read like the first few pages and I had to not because every noun had three adjectives at least. Oh like it was like, it wasn't like the, the boys played basketball. It was like the long limbed rangy boys like played a sweaty game of like no rules basketball. And, and it was just this long, like the anti Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, backstory tells uh, a really it establishes why he's really good at writing for this game. Yes. Because not only because he saw it coming from from years prior, mm-hmm. but also because he's not very good at weir- world building. Right. He's good at backstory. backstory. Right. Um, Car- yep. Well, he's, lore. Yeah, lore. he's good lore. at lore. lore. World, world building, but not story. Like yeah. The, not yeah. plot. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so the plot comes from Poppy and Ian. Right. Um, and he, you know, Longbottom creates the 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 bones the on mythos. which to hang on which to hang the meat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's that ep- that was a great episode and had a lot of great uh I mean there was a lot of feminism in that episode of like, you know, the the there's the three of them, the the two young men and the one young woman who are oh, we all got hired for the same job together. We're going to be the three musketeers like team up together. And what always happens, you know, in or what often happens in those things when everyone's heterosexual is they triangulate and then there's jealousy and then there's angry feelings and then it turns into a well you're not that good of a writer anyway or you're just a woman or and you know them, and one of them has success in the 
yep. others don't. Yep. And how do the others deal with that? Yep. And it, and and how the how the two men deal with the woman's success really shows why she goes. She ends up having a relationship with one of them and not the other because yeah. the guy that supports her and cares for her and is like cheers her on is the one that she's like he's he's the guy I want in my court, not the one. And even then, it's like you left us. Like you decided yeah. that you decided we thought we were too good for you. Or the petty yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It, it's so good. The first season's standout episode, uh, Dark Riot <sighs> Death, is about a different game studio that gets started uh, in like the 90s. Early 90s, yeah. And, and how they make their indie darling horror game and then eventually are bought by a game company from Montreal, which we find out is the same game company that owns you know, Mythic, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. Um, which is not Ubisoft, but it's basically Ubisoft. Yeah. It's Montreal, and the show is co-created by Ubisoft. Oh, oh I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All the, all the, all the game CGI and stuff. Yeah. It's all Ubisoft stuff. Um, or largely Ubisoft stuff. So, uh, yeah. So they, they make their game together, and they sell out. One of them sells out, and they... It's the end of their game and their relationship and the, the, the you know, what happens after the success and mm -hmm. when they see each other again and, and all of that. And then you find out later how this kind of subtly ties into the, the main story and the characters in a way that doesn't really matter at all, but like also matters so much because it's kind of like the same things that some of them are dealing with now because now their game is to this same point where it's... Yeah, yeah. And and another, it, it's that episode of television is. I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say I think it's probably in the top ten episodes of television I've ever seen for me. Yeah. Like my top ten favorite single episodes of television. Yeah. It, that is very much on the list and probably pretty high on the list. I, I, uh, I don't cry like we. I talked about this in the five questions where we answered about what we cried about and I don't cry that often at stuff, you know, that, that when, when you're supposed to, right. It's, but that absolutely made me cry. Absolutely yeah. made me cry. It was sure. just beautiful. It's, they had a really good pandemic episode too, Mythic I think, Quest. I think uh, their pandemic episode was probably my favorite pandemic episode yeah. of any show. It was even better than the Tenet show, which was really good, but yeah. Yeah. It was just like, it was, it was great. That's all I'm going to say is yep. it, it was just like they found a way to keep the characters who the characters were, but to really tap into what a lot of people felt. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Some people online were saying that that it was kind of like a mid-season thing. Mm -hmm. that, it's called that, a special. Yeah, that that uh, was an emotional turning point for the show that then set up the second season to be just as funny, but with more heartfelt mm, moments and mm -hmm. more character development and more of the the serious stuff happening, but not less of the funny stuff happening. Right. I think I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, if you think of it, like, the testers are now in, you know, they're, in a, they're pursuing a relationship. They're having relationship issues and, like, talking through that stuff. The, but also you the know, direction of their lives. Yep, the yep. Time. And Poppy and Ian are talking about how to co-create versus create siloed, you know, and there's their and relationship. And they're not doing a very good job Yeah, yeah. Uh, CW is dealing with the death of his longtime friend. Yeah. And then, you know, like, there's a lot of heavier emotional Take, stuff. David uh, Riddlesby, who is, you know, the fool of The Office. The, He's a wolf, man. He's a poor the, dude. The comedic butt of, of all the jokes oh. is 
getting back into dating and like having yeah. discovery moments that are horribly wrong and inaccurate because he's not a wolf. He's not a wolf. Oh my wolf. god! The least wolf-like. Just in the office. yeah, I, I, and just the the he's he's the. He's the one. So, like, for most, for the most part, if you're one of the people who doesn't like cringe humor, who that just doesn't that that makes it hard for you, this show doesn't have a ton of it. But when it does, it is it's on David, David Brittlesby. Yeah. Yeah. It is David. We're just like it, it, similar to Michael Scott in The Office, where you're you're, but not quite. You know, maybe like late late Office Michael Scott, where you're just like, like I. I don't think people should bully you, but I kind of get why people are bullying yeah. you because, like, you're just like, oh my god, dude! Like, <laughs> he, um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him, but it, it, Tim, did you ever watch It's Always Sunny in? in I did not. Yeah, okay, so that same actor, uh, David Hornsby, plays a character called Rickety Crickets, who is a guy that the gang in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia have. Basically ruined his life since he was in high school, and they do it accidentally because they, they just don't think about it. Because they're careless and selfish people that don't even think about other people, they do things like trick him into falling in love with one of them, and then dashing his heart into pieces to get what they want to use him for for jealousy or something else. And it happens several times. At one point, when they find him, he has like become a Catholic priest and he's got his life together and they trick him into like giving up the cloth and like he becomes yeah. addicted to crack at one point yep. and he's missing teeth and stuff. He's just like this punching bag. And this is like the, the other version of that character for the same actor mm -hmm. and same creator, but not as mean mm -hmm. and there's more sympathy in all the awful that happens to him like i feel yeah. bad for him for what it's worth uh it's it's it, one thing that i do find interesting is that uh he has he writes and uh directs a lot i didn't know of that. the episodes yeah uh he's actually written uh a, a lot of them and uh so has ashley birch uh, so has uh, Aparna Nancherla, who plays the Michelle Coder that I mentioned. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the actors are actually also writing a lot of the. So it makes me feel a little better when at least you're like, okay, but the actor who's playing the part is writing some of this abuse. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so like they, I mean, it's not, I don't know. It, it's definitely. It's it's definitely there there so there is a little bit of that. If you don't like cringe humor, there is a little bit of that, but mostly it's just, I would say, situational. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they, I mean, the characters are I, I uh, abusive of each mm -hmm. other on a lot of instances. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Pat and I and Devin watched it okay. together. Uh, enjoyed most of it. There is an episode near the end where Ian did something that Pat says is unforgivable and she will never like the character oh, again. What's that? Uh, it's it's at the end of the the wolf episode when when Ian basically tells Poppy that she will never succeed, and mm -hmm. and I mean he's just a a class A dick, mm -hmm. yeah. you know because because basically he's pissed off that Poppy. Got the same. Got lion. Got just lion, like just like him. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to be better than Poppy. And and when he finally gets Poppy to say something kind of nice mm -hmm. to him, then he just he just 
pisses on her. And Pat was like, I will never like this character again. And I get that. Yeah. Because Ian is a complete tool. But I feel like um, if you, like, it's pretty, he's so transparent. It's so obvious why he is the way he is. Yeah. Like, he he works out like crazy. He's obsessed with having a good body. He needs to be handsome. He takes hair pills. He, oh, you know, he is. He's, it's it's very much it's obvious that he didn't get enough you know love or affection or attention or support as a it's, kid. It's not an excuse for no, his actions, yeah. but it's an it's an explanation. Yeah, you yeah, know, I just say that as a caution. You know that yeah. that uh, you know we still watched the rest of it, and I Pat still enjoyed it, but but that episode she was like I. That's, and that's interesting because to me it didn't stick out much at all. Yeah, it was no, just Ian being. It, it was just Ian doing doing the thing he does, going nuclear, pushing the button. And I'm pretty to, sure, isn't that 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 episode's right before backstory? Mm-hmm. So then yeah. you go into yeah, um, YCCL CW uh, CW is is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, his his dirty little secret is one hell of a dirty little secret. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that Asimov actually wrote, wrote his so, book. So okay, so CW writes a book and Isaac Asimov happens to be at the publishing house where he works and he sucks up all his nerve and after his friends have told him the book is really bad and needs a lot of work, he he hands what he considers to be the perfect draft to Isaac Asimov, who then returns it and is like, I just had some notes and the whole thing's rewritten. Like, it's, you just see a couple of pages, every, but it's every it's sentence is redlined. And uh, then you find out that C.W. Longbottom got a Hugo or a Nebula. A Nebula. A Nebula for that book that he, but basically Isaac Asimov wrote it. Yes. And and some people have said, gosh, it's just, it's so much like Asimov. Like, it's so much and like, like Asimov. so much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a, um, Ian moment where I'm like, oh, he's such a prick, but also like, you know, uh, I kind of get it. Um, where, uh, when, <laughs> when Poppy gets that car, and they need to go pick her up because she can't drive stick. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> can't drive stick either. It's a very masculine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is in the car with uh, Ashley Birch's character, Rachel, the, the tester. And the two testers are trying to get their careers set up and not be testers anymore. And so she's in the car with him. And she's talking about how difficult it is to be a woman in the game industry because there's this boys club mentality. And there's the, the, the women don't get these elevator moments where they're in... You know, these moments with their boss where they can pitch their ideas or sell themselves to their boss and how there's not these opportunities. And he's in the car and he's like, right, 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 right. So there's moments. You're looking for these moments when you're in, where you're somewhere with your boss and you have the opportunity yeah. to sell yourself. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. Women just don't get those so Those much. opportunities. Like, those, those opportunities, like when you're trapped in an elevator or a car with your boss and you can pitch yourself, you can sell yourself. Rachel, you can sell yourself. <laughs> yeah, you it's can, like right now and, is the moment. And, sees the moment. What do you have? And he gives her the opportunity, and she kind of whiffs. Yeah, but like that whiff leads to her making some big decisions yes. about her life and her career and going back to school and that sort of thing. And I, I, I kind of really love that because, like, and then with the other co- with the other tester too, they kind of also end up mentoring her and mm-hmm. sending her to coding school and all yeah. that because like yep. you know they're both pricks Ian, I and a poppy are fucking yeah. pricks <laughs> but like also they are invested in these people and they care about these people and they're mentoring these people as well well and and the thing i the thing i loved about that scene was uh uh as a woman uh no but like it's so easy to complain about how the reason you're being held down 
is because of systemic missed opportunities or things like that. But like then when that when the when you're when it's like okay, well what what would you change or like what would you do? What do you want? Like no one really yeah I don't I don't have you don't think about it because it's like well it doesn't matter I'm never gonna get that opportunity so you never think beyond right it's not fair that we don't have the same opportunities and I love that it really illustrated that that it's like okay but if you're gonna be mad about it you better be ready with a battle plan for in case you can seize it right and I just I I love it because it's such because her whole character is like you know fiery and speaking out and workers rights and women are people and oh just because i'm gay you think this and they're all like they're always like no like you're but, but, and, but and, she i mean her character also has difficulty seizing the moment you yes know? exactly yes, right? because yeah. you're she's, she's, in, she's a person she's in love with her co-worker but she will not Yes. Say anything. She's, a, yes. she's an insecure uh, she's wobbler. Very, yeah. It's easy wobbler. to fight the generic fight. It's harder to fight the fight for yourself and to support and to yeah. believe in what you actually deserve. Yes. It's easy to say, we deserve rights and, tr- and better treatment. And it's like, well, how can we treat you better? Oh, I'm fine. You know, yeah, and, like, yeah. and that's the that's yeah. the thing that's really great. Yeah, I, I also love that uh, when Dana went to be a Dana tester, went to be a streamer, and they were like, "We need a new tester." And who do they bring in? But your classic oh my straight God, white male like gamer, yeah. who's like just you know just being himself, and he's just you know, and he's got a big beer belly, and he doesn't, he's not like he seems unwashed, and it's just like and and just you know like coming in doesn't even seem to feel like he's out of place, even though he is the only character. That fits that traditional gamer male stereotype. Tester. Yeah, the yeah. tester guy. But he just comes in. He's like, whatever. Just makes himself at home. Like, not a problem. And he was just gone. Like, they didn't even go over why he's gone. In he's the a fucking season. tester. But they got like, rid of him when well, she when she came back to after her stream. I'm just you know they yeah. didn't they didn't bring the character back in some other capacity. No, right. no, yeah. well because when they out Dana as being uh, working for the company, right. And she loses her stream, and she's like, "Can I go back to testing?" And they put her back, and the guy's just gone. I, think I thought he was uh, there going to be the testing supervisor or something at that point. Oh, I guess I don't remember that. But, but anyway, he, yeah. he is just gone just without gone. much of a word, which I appreciate. Which is all right because he was a tool. He was boring. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's we don't. It was a. It was, it was a, a foil. Yeah, he was a character who was just like a a bare misogynist without yeah. any sort of depth yeah. or interest. He was the character that that uh, the people you were talking about at the beginning of the episode were complaining about that there wasn't enough of that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, here's the dude that you're talking about. This is what you want to see. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and turns it's boring. Out, Turns well, out nobody gives a shit. And I should yeah. say that what that guy was saying was the show is funny, but it could be so much funnier because me and my work friends are so funny. And oh so boy. they should have showed all the funny oh stuff that like we get up to because we get up to some hijinks, guys. Like, I, got, uh, I got yeah. a feeling that some of that guy's coworkers are very uncomfortable with their hijinks. Right? Probably, yeah, right? yeah. I, I, I really, I honestly like was trying to think if there's anyone I don't like in this show. And there's not. Even characters that you're not supposed to really, you know, love, yeah. right? Because their their whole thing is that you don't really like them. There right. wasn't Danny any- Puddy's character is like yeah. is fucking awful, but like Brad is a very interesting character. Yeah, it's really cool because for so many people, I mean, I don't know if I've seen, I haven't seen Danny Puddy in much else besides Community. Uh, I'm sure he, I know he's done other things. Right? Yeah, but I haven't seen him right. in much else, right? So like, uh, it's very interesting to see him playing a character who is, while Abed, I think we can all agree, is obviously autistic. Uh, this character is uh, still very closed off and cold and robotic in that sense of like doesn't have feelings or whatever. But, but it's like because he's a 
awful it's in a human totally being. different way well, and it's he really has feelings great because he clearly revels in destroying people That's true. and he yep. he like uh, it's just when he joins all, the game all his feelings are very selfish <laughs> and God. and yeah when he joins everlight just yeah. just to fuck it up at the end like the, just cuz he the, can the tournament or whatever yeah, it is everlight. yeah everlight yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, before we get to five questions, one last thing. Uh, so season two ended with a big yeah. shift. Yeah, holy shit. Is there anything that you are theorizing or hoping for in a third season, which hasn't been announced yet, but I can only imagine. So this is why I said Poppy's my favorite character, but yeah. really is I uh, the fact that it's like, okay, Poppy, what do you want to make? Like what? What game? What's your game? We're gonna yeah. make your game now. We made mine, yep. and uh, because you find out in backstory that Poppy's been in Mythic Quest from the start, which we didn't really know, right? And so like now he's gonna hand it over to her. I am really looking forward. I hope <laughs> this is terrible. I kind of hope she makes like a super girl game. Oh yeah, <laughs> that it's like a cooking sim MMORP or something that like he's sure. gonna hate that he has to support because he said he would, and that Ian's being forced to support not a. Game Game of blood and swords and dragons right. and fighting and hyper masculine, hyper yeah, like monsters Conan and the barbarian yeah, shit and big titted ladies too can play. They can fight, but like instead of all that, like high fantasy, you know, like hyper mask shit. Something like maybe she makes the new Animal Crossing, right? Like maybe uh. it's something like that, like a girl game. But like he, I don't know. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But I will be happy no matter what. Tim. Uh, gosh, I mean, I hadn't really thought about what I'm hoping for, but I, um, I kind of want seize the opportunity, Tim. I, I, <laughs> I kind of want to see Joe and Brad going at it because clearly there's some shark mouse thing, yeah. not sexually. Oh God, <laughs> sorry, I was Jesus just like, Jesus Christ, Molly. I was like, all right, damn, Jesus. Tim. <laughs> but uh, part of me wants to see David just come out on top in that. In oh that yeah, whole, like David's playing the long game, and it turns out he's even worse than the rest of them. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about that that I'd love to see David just, you know, actually figure his shit out for David once. gets a new therapist. Yeah. And, yeah. Learn, and like, gets some, an like, GBT therapist? skills. Get, yeah. Gets some skills that actually, yeah. like, like sheds yeah. his chrysalis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, because, you know, you know, I'd love to see Brad and Joe go, wait, I had I didn't see that. I coming. would love to see David get more character growth. Yes, yeah. he had some, but not as much as the others. Yeah. yeah. It, at a certain point, it becomes uninteresting when someone a character is just a punching bag all the yes. time. You, yes. They got they got to score some points yeah. sometimes. Yes. Um, I think my theory is the obvious choice is that you know they will go sci-fi with their game. Mm. They did. They did. Starcraft. They did. They did fantasy. Yeah, Starcraft or like. See, I don't know. It could go either way. Is it going to be like space opera y or is it going to mm-hmm. be like hard science? I don't know, but I think mm-hmm. sci fi is, is the way to go. What I'm very curious about sci fi animal is, crossing. I would play it. Um, Ian and Poppy are splitting off, but everyone else has just undergone some big changes or developments or, or whatever mm-hmm. at Mythic Quest. Like David is now in charge of the game completely, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetically. Uh, which could give the growth that, yes, that we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Dana, the coder, is going back to school, uh, or is going to code school. Maybe she'll be making a rival indie game. And, and um, uh, Ashley Birch's character, Rachel, is uh, going to Stanford. So Berkeley. Is she, Berkeley. Is she done with the show now? Is she going to keep writing the show? Maybe she's decided like, just to write, yeah. yeah I don't and, know. Uh, uh, all the stuff with um, Brad's brother. Yeah. Who is trying to tank the company. And the so insider trading. Can, so that he can, well, 
so that he can make money off, mm-hmm. you know, selling the game off and scrapping it the mm-hmm. way he, his brother does. Like, I feel like that's all very unresolved. And what might yeah. happen is that happens and then everyone ends up back under Iron and I Poppy. could see that happen. I'm guessing that we start season three uh, with Brad's out of prison and it's been the 10 months. He didn't actually get arrested, though. He did. Yeah, he did. I mean, did. they were. Yeah, they let him out. They just didn't cuff him. They were they were taking him down to talk about stuff. They didn't mm-hmm. they didn't officially charge him okay. on the show. But my guess is that'll go through. We're gonna end. We're gonna come out of. Oh, he's getting out of prison. It's been ten months or whatever. And and so now we've seen where has everyone been for the last ten months, right? Sure. And so maybe it's like maybe uh, 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 Ashley Burch's character, who I can't think of her name. Rachel. Uh, no, Rachel. Oh yeah, Rachel and Dana. Rachel is maybe she's maybe she washed out at Berkeley. Maybe okay. she's decided it, or maybe she thought maybe it didn't work out. She thought they were sure. stuck up whatever's, or maybe Dana's game took off like crazy and she is now hiring. You know, maybe, maybe. Or maybe she's now, yeah, maybe she's now a writer for uh, Poppy and. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. she's, she's going for writing. Yeah. Maybe, so. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it would be, I think it's more likely to start in the future than it is to start. Right where we left off. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. very possible. Awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, Molly, you're very excited at the prospect of getting more uh, Pooty Shoe back. Oh, Pooty Shoe. Okay, I will say, though, that we, uh, part of our now in our uh, married lang- language is the idea of rating something like two and a half buttholes <laughs> and being like, how do you get half a butthole? Like, just, yeah, yeah. that was just one of the, the, I will say I was really worried that the Pooty Shoe is I and Son was going to go somewhere boring. Boring, and it just didn't, it didn't go anywhere at all. It just didn't go anywhere. He's just, go, he's just which fucking is great, gone. Which is great. Yeah, it wasn't very interesting. He so wasn't in his on. life before, and then he yeah. joined Mythic Quest and did this whole masked man thing to try to get his dad's attention. We well, got my attention. Well, I don't really want it. Well, cool. You know, yep. and like that's all it really. I'm glad that they didn't go anywhere else with it because it wasn't necessary. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Five questions, Molly. Five, five questions. questions. So uh, you can send your five questions to fivequestionsatgeekswithoutgod.com. We will answer them to the best of our ability. These could be technical, personal, nonsensical, thematic. Yeah, literally whatever. any but questions. This is, this is the second to last one we have. And, you know, we've been begging for them. Yeah. But we need to beg more. We're going to yeah. start making up questions. And you're I don't know what's like going to happen. I, I have some ideas, uh, and they are torturous. But I will say, <laughs> uh, these are five questions. Questions from Sinjin Greed. Hi, Sinjin. Maybe Greedy. I always say it wrong. I'm sorry, Sinjin. I got your first name. All right. Uh, This says, hi, people of the Geeks Without God. New set of five questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Uh, And Sinjin did not answer the questions. Okay. So it's just So it's just, yep. All right. Question one. If you could be any animal at a petting zoo, what animal would you be? My answer is sheep. Because they get to sleep in the shade all day. And they also are fluffy. And then all the, the, the hay sticks to their fur, and uh, then Getting they probably get... probably feels great. I bet they get shorn. I bet they get brushed sometimes. And uh, everyone's after the goats, and the goats are all crazy at each other, right? They get a little too much. The sheep are more chill. And I think I would, if I'm going to be at a petting zoo with all those goddamn kids, I, I want to be a more chill animal like a sheep. I think um, I'd, uh, I'd go for alpaca. Ooh, the alpaca? Yeah, the yep. alpaca, because they're a little smaller than a llama. Yeah, way softer, a little more exotic of a petting a little zoo. More exotic, yep. Yep. yeah. You know, every every petting zoo's got a llama. But I'm just saying, yeah. Not all of them have. You'd alpacas. be the attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, uh, pony, like pony rides. No, pony. you'd be the pony yeah. to get ridden. They, they actually get <coughs> to 
perform a function for which they were bred to some degree. Mm-hmm. They can just stretch their legs. They're not all like enclosed mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. like the other animals. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're not food in America. Yeah, like yeah. The other animals are, might eventually be, you know, butchered or, or whatever. Pony, uh, you know. That's so true. I will morning. I will provide some fine, fine mutton for I shall sleep and get fat. All right. <laughs> All right. Question two. What is your favorite pickup line? I understand that none of you have had to deal with that in a long time, but I'm still interested. What is your favorite pickup line? Oh. And I'll say these can be sincere, like you think you're actually going to pull, or like the jokey kind. I think that, any of that. I admit that I haven't thought about this at all, yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been married since I was. Well, Pat and I were dating since I was twenty. Uh, oh wow! So yeah. Anyway, yep. I mean, anyway, uh, I think uh, my favorite pickup line would be, "Hi, I'm Tim." Yeah. And that you think that would just work? That, I think it would <laughs> work better than a lot so of that's other a conversation options. starter. So, but all yeah, right, all but right. I mean, that's that. You know, conversations are what lead all to. Right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I, all right, that's good. I've that's never good. Been one for the pickup of like a stranger or a a person that you're not already. Yeah, I don't think any of us already, have. Already, no, it's uh, not really my thing. Uh, me neither. But uh, I think you know the 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 best and the most assertive and simple way you can go is is great, and that's just uh, hey, we, would you ever be interested in you know going to a movie sometime? Mm. Or hey, you, would you want to like go hang out? You know, do this thing. Like, come with an idea. Come, come with a with a proposal. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I'm gonna go to the sculpture garden this Saturday. Would you want to come with me? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. You, mm-hmm. you have an idea. You have a time, and you uh, inquire about their interests. It gives. It's a. It's a low pressure. Don't do it to someone when they're working or something like that, or reading their book or or don't bother them with this yeah yeah, yeah. That's it. the only ever time i've actually uh, attempted a pickup line where i was actually trying to like let someone know i was interested in them uh what i said was very me which was uh hey i noticed you in class do you want to go out sometime maybe go back to your place <laughs> like wow. so i was very forward not really a pickup line so no, much as a directive a uh but i would say that my favorite jokey pickup line is uh uh, are your pants made of mirrors? Because I can see myself in them. Yeah. I also like, oh my God, I love that dress. It would look amazing on my bedroom floor. Those are two very <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, question three. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? The weirdest thing you've ever eaten. I ate a scorpion. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, when, we went to, yeah. when we went to, uh, with friend of the show, Andrea Rapella and her husband, then they got married, Justin in Vegas. Nick and I did the wedding. The bachelor bachelorette party was a combined bar crawl on the strip and the, the Fremont Street. We went to this bar called Nacho Daddy and they do, uh, you do a tequila shot with, a, with a, a scorpion in it. It's not alive, but it is a scorpion, a full and scorpion and uh we did this the shot and i didn't drink the scorpion i just did the shot and the scorpion hit my teeth and then it was like oh you got to eat the scorpion to get the shirt and so i had them refill the shot glass with water so i did a shot of water and ate a scorpion that way because (laughs) i forgot to take it down with the tequila oh wow genius that's hardcore right there the weirdest thing you've ever eaten i'm i'm gonna go with the weird thing that i like that's fine. And I eat on a regular basis, which is, um, and you can't find them anymore, but uh, I love to have bacos soaked in red wine vinegar. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm a big fan of sour and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and anyway, what I, what I remember, and my, my wife describes it as uh, looking like tender vittles, which is mm. accurate. Mm-hmm, they look mm-hmm. a lot like tender vittles, but they taste delicious. Um, 
And uh, I have a fr- the best story is a friend who was over one day when I was eating this, and and she's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and I I explained it, and it's like finally she's like, "Okay, I got to try it." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, here you go." She's like, "Damn it, this is really good." So you just <laughs> ate it like a like a side dish. It's like, like a side not, dish. You yeah. just put a you just had like a like a like a like a third cup of bacos. With yep. like a like Ooh. a quarter cup of, of red wine red vinegar, wine, vi- r- like red cereal. Wine. So it soaks it up. Was yeah. it? Oh, so was it more like an oatmeal texture? More of an oatmeal texture. Less of a less of a cereal and milk yeah. situation. And I don't claim that anybody should like this, but no, I no, no. sure do. Did you did you wait until the so you waited until the crunch was gone? Oh so yeah, it was a, yeah. It was you a, want it? You want so the it was gone. a it was a it was a salty meat mush vinegary mush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. all right. That is weird. It that is definitely weird. Nick, what you got? I've had. Sashi, oh, uh, uh, cow sushi, which is to say, very very fancy raw slices of beef on mm. uh, either alone or with uh, rice. Oh sure, yeah. I yep. suppose that might be. That sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's actually like carpaccio because it's like super fresh and super high quality, ideally. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I fucking love beef tartare, right. so this yeah. is like I, I like my steak. Yeah, rare. I mean, that's mm-hmm, not too far mm-hmm, out. It's not mm-hmm. cooked, not uncooked. But yeah, I, I think that might be it. I don't know. I don't think I eat, have eaten anything like I haven't eaten like thousand year egg or anything like that. No, and you eat like like there are some combinations of things that yeah. people think are unusual, but like you know, like a hot sauce peanut butter sandwich. But well, that's, that's not all that weird. Not weird yeah, that. yeah, yeah. All right, fair. All right, question four: What's a show that you think they should actually remake? A show they should remake. Mine's going to be a very unexpected answer. What's that? There's a, I want to say, 60s or 70s TV show that I watched with my dad called It Takes a Thief, hmm. which is about a thief that the like the FBI or the police bust out of jail to help them catch thieves. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like an anti-heist show. Okay. Right? In its in its most basic form, it is like a like a heist show, except for they are they're foiling heists. But so you get you get you know you would get both sides. Like I love a good heist. Yeah, I love yeah. a good like counter heist and and switcheroo and and all that stuff. I think modern TV storytelling could take the concept of it takes a thief and do something very very fun with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and make it. Silly, or they could go super serious with it, and I think both could be done. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that too. That sounds like it could be good. And when was it? Was it like the seventies? Yeah, I think it was black and white, and then it was in color. Oh, okay, all right. So it might be yeah. 60s all right, and then seventy. I don't remember. To catch a thief. Obviously, I didn't watch it when it was sure. Anything. It was syndicated. So, yeah. yeah, it was kind of Mission Impossibly. Sure, a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like it sounds it. Yeah. Tim, what about you? It's God. a show you wish they would remake. I don't know. This is it's, a hard one for me. Dinosaurs. I'll go while you keep it's thinking. A, it's yeah. A puppet show, All right. All right. Uh, the show I've talked about it before, but it's the show Solitary, uh, the oh. reality show where the they are in the the room that is like a like a white hexagon that drawers and things pop out of the walls and there's a, a screen that appears that tells them things and and there's all kinds of hidden lights and microphones and stuff and they are basically it's who can survive solitary confinement the longest I've talked about it before show. it is kind of torture reality show but the, the 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 fate of the show is uh that you 
uh, are competing. You know you are competing against a certain number of other people. It's like, let's say, eight other people. There's nine of you, let's say. And uh, uh, anytime you want to be done, you push the button that says you're done. And you push the button and you're out. You take you right out. And you, you also sleep, quit the game. You eat, yep. You and you also quit the game. Uh, and if you are the last person to push the button, you win a million dollars. But you don't know when anyone else pushed their button. So for all you know, everybody else gave up on challenge one. And you have been doing however many challenges. So you have no idea if there are other contestants or not anymore. You are alone. It is you and the games and the computer voice that talks to you. And that's it. And I think that is such a cool idea for a game show. Because a lot of these comp- these reality shows, you know that there's competitors. You know there's other people. You're competing against them. This is just you competing against yourself. And I love the idea of somebody playing for days beyond what they had to. Like oh, not like knowing. It is. It's great. I love it. I want to yeah. see it. I it's, think it'd be such a good remake. It was such it a good is. show. They are competing against themselves in a way. It's very game theory. Very, it is. Very dark. Yeah. Okay, so the hard thing for me is like I'm thinking back to like all the classic shows that I used to watch and most of them were awful and I don't think need to be remade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with game shows because they're remaking yeah. like every fucking game show I almost right said now. Press Your Luck and they already but they remade are, that. They, they, they already, already remade Press it. Your Luck. I know. I'm, we I watch know. that every week. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so terrible. and, and <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> But uh, there was a game called Classic Concentration mm. which uh, was Rebus's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you, just watched it. This I just watched yeah. it in the hospital with my my mom the other day and it's yeah. like this combination of memory because you got to match tiles and when you match tiles mm-hmm. they get removed and you can see part of the puzzle underneath and i love the rebus angle of that yep. shit oh, too i remember that yep, show that yep. was yeah. awesome so, it was and every time you match tiles you got a prize yeah so people got just like piles of prizes yep. but the question is when do you stop piling up the prizes because you figured out the rebus exactly um, yeah and yeah, didn't anyway. you get like but didn't you, don't you want someone else to get the rebus first, right. right yes yeah. and like so we were just wa- literally i was just watching this with my mom because yeah. she passed by. She was like, "What's this show?" And the the Rebuses are so old now. When you oh, look yeah. at them, there was one of them for Babe. Uh, it was just it was Babe Ruth. But like, I don't know how anybody born after 1985 would guess that. It just looked like a guy with a, it. Just it was just a, a rotund baseball player who was sort of doffing his cap a little bit, and that's how. Wow. He, and everyone, that's everyone knew it was it everyone be, knew it was Babe Ruth. Like somebody holding a baby minus. Oh, it y. was it was Babe plus Y for baby, uh, and so it was. That's the yes. Boy. So it was Babe. E, like it was very uh, ridiculous. Anyway, like, yes. I would I would be excited about that. I think back. that'd be great. Yeah, they're redoing all sorts of game shows right now. Why not that one? We did that one at Vilification Tennis once. We did. I remember putting those together. Yeah, yeah. yeah we made those big. Re- I because I remember because I was making them like on my lunch breaks at work, and people would come by and be like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Come see the show." <laughs> all right, question it's five. It's for dildo. It, okay. it, it was. Yes. Are we five already. We are five already. Right. Question five. Who do you think is more? Or dumb, Louis Gomert or Marjorie Taylor Green, and why? Oh, uh. I think Marjorie Taylor Green had me with Jewish space lasers. But Louis Gomert asked if the Forest Service could change Earth's orbit to fix climate change. Oh, fuck. He asked the Forest Service yeah. if they could alter Earth's orbit and if that would fix, because wouldn't that have an, a drastic effect on the climate, he said? 
Can we put them both on a <laughs> on a ice and just chuck them off into the ocean? To... I wish we had a Jewish space laser. I know who I'd use it yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> right. If there was a Jewish space laser, she would have been target number one. Tim, who's your? Who do you think is dumber? <sighs> it's got to be Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> yeah, but I can't so even. I can't even come up with with exact with exact <laughs> explanations why. It's just like every time she opens her mouth, you're just like. How? I mean, how she thinks there's only two genders. There's one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard though. They're both. They're both oh fucking idiots. Oh my god! Yeah. Like I hate when people uh, are like, "Oh, she's blank Barbie," right? Because yeah. like that's their way of being misogynist. But then like women do it to themselves all the time. Like you know, oh, she's just Nazi Barbie, and like people call her that, and it's like, I mean, but she kind of is. Nazi yeah. Barbie, kind though. Yeah, sure. So, like, uh. Yeah, All it's right. kind of amazing to me how, I mean, the Democrats have idiots. Get, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They have some real fucking idiots. And yet, they aren't evil. They're, They're still politicians, dumb. Tim. Right, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right. uh, yeah, you don't have. Uh, maybe we should make people take basic tests before they can run for office. I'm just saying, just like a basic history test or like how, how the how world about you works. You got to pass the <laughs> like, citizenship shit yeah. test like, before I, you can be a U.S. representative. I feel like there's obviously, you know, you could say like, oh, there's cultural barriers to to doing, you know, some sort of intelligence sure. test to hold uh, yeah, office intelligence test. Yeah. or that sort of thing. But like. Honestly, like I think the intelligence test would maybe have a cultural bias against conservatives, so maybe that would work. Yeah, anyway. That wouldn't be bad. Sidney, thank you for your five questions. Hey, other listeners, send your five questions to fivequestions at geekswithoutgod.com. Just to make it super clear, you can spell that as the number five or F-I-V-E. Doesn't matter. We got it covered. We were smart enough to think about that on day one. <laughs> Unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you wanted to send her five questions... It would have to be shh, to shh. either four, <laughs> number four, or spelled S E V E N questions. But instead, okay. but five in, questions. But instead, five questions. Uh, <laughs> we want to give a shout out and a thanks to all our patrons and supporters. Thank you all so much. Um, it's nice to be back recording in person at Tim, so we Yay. can use all the equipment that we have for that. The Fancy website design microphones. is still underway, but we saw a. Uh, uh, preview of it recently it's looking real great we're excited for that uh otherwise we will have another episode up next tuesday like we do every tuesday for oh my god you guys molly and i were talking about this on the way here and next july will be 10, 10 years. years oh my god and we're gonna have convergence back on the july 4th weekend to celebrate our 10 year anniversary and we're gonna have episode 500 coming up oh Holy man shit, you guys we got a yeah. bunch of milestones ahead that's very exciting for us i hope it's exciting for you too because we'll be back with more Bye. Bye. I give this episode three and a half buttholes. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I hope that you can hear me sexily say underneath yours, fancy microphones. Fancy microphones. <laughs> when you-